This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, Episode 4. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller. Our heart is to develop leaders like you, help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I'm your host, Brett Duncan. We're joined today by Tanya Austin. Time to say hello. Good morning. And of course, we are joined today by President and CEO of Influence Leadership, Chris Fuller. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you today? I am fantastic. Excellent. You ready to talk leadership today? Always ready to talk leadership. Fired up about it. Awesome. Well, you know, we've talked already in in previous episodes a little bit about uh, your book, Iditarod Leadership. Again, a a wonderful book, a great allegory uh, of team building, how to unleash the power of teams. And so we're going to camp out on one of the core concepts that you present early in the book there. Okay. Talking about the the journey and the adventure. But where I want to start is actually kind of a little, pull the curtain back a little bit, behind the scenes. Okay. Um, you know, a quote I've heard you say already that I know is important to you, one that uh, many of our listeners have probably heard before, uh, is, and, and I'll, I won't say it with the conviction you will, so I'm going to let you say it. What is that quote that really was the, the catalyst of jumping into Iditarod leadership? Well, uh, so I was building out a corporate workshop for John Maxwell. So uh, we're, we're working on John's book, The 360 Degree Leader. So one of the things that he said is the worst place you could ever lead is in the middle of the pack, right? I mean, if you're in the bottom of the organization, you don't have much stress, you punch in, you punch out, you go home, forget it. If you're at the top of the organization, you just delegate down and you try to get the rest of the team to fulfill it. But if you're in the middle, man, are you in trouble, right? Because you've got you know, a boss above you with expectations, but then you have the people below you with expectations. And even if you have subcontractors, vendors, or peers, they have expectations. So right. the crush of the middle is just brutal. So as I'm building out one of the concepts, um, John calls it the fulfillment challenge. And the fulfillment challenge says leaders love the front more than they do the middle. So when we get into leadership, it's usually because we want to be out front. We want to lead. And so, or we're willing to take that responsibility. So as I got into this, you know, immediately in my mind, it went back to 20 years of sales conversations that I've had, which is, hey, if you're not the lead dog, the view never changes. So with that particular concept, we used it in sales to spur each other on quite a bit. You know what? I'm number one. I'm a lead dog. How's the view? Yeah. Right? So we all know the first two dogs get to see the beautiful Alaskan wilderness and the other dogs get to see the backside of the dog in front of them, right? Not exactly the view of choice. So as I'm uh, sort of bantering this around, it just dawned on me, wait a minute, where did that saying come from, right? So uh, I start backtracking and, and it comes from sled dogging, right? If you're not the lead dog, the view never changes. So as I got into the that, I said, well, I wonder what else is nifty about sled dogging. And so there's only one race that is the pristine race, and that's the Iditarod. So as I got into uh, that particular piece, started studying more, it, it started to unveil some really great concepts. And I thought, man, this this uh, analogy will teach. And so everything just started to essentially snowball, pun intended, uh, to uh, uh, to talk about what we're, what the entire book ended up being. So would you say at this point uh, it was it was mer- it was becoming an obsession? I mean, did it reach that obsession level? Uh, most things for me become <laughs> obsession, right? I get onto something and I am like a dog on a bone. I'm like, man, this is awesome. And so, you know, I think for for me, there's two things in my life that reign supreme. Number one, achievement. Number two, passion. 
man, I want to light it up in this life. I want to light it up in business, light it up in this world. And number two, I want to light it up in something that lights me up. So when we talk about achievement, we talk about passion, we talk about adventure, man, I'm all in. So yeah, that's probably a little bit of a, of, of a component of Chris Fuller is just that, that intensity. So talk a little bit about the story. So you're going from, hey, that's a, I love that quote. I've been saying it for years. It is about sled dogs. I, and I did realize it's about sled dogs. And then how did it go from there to you actually witnessing and experiencing it firsthand and writing a book? <laughs> so, you know, like most things in life, I, I, I believe somebody somewhere is that accelerator for us. There, there's somebody that you have to have that spark, right? That catalyst. Well, for me, it was a guy named David. And so uh, David and, and Giant were part of the team that was uh, running some of the um, some of the licensure for the John Maxwell products. And so uh, I'm revealing the concept to David and David is so excited about it. He goes, man, this stuff is sticky. This is great. And David, you know, former CEO of Ditchwitch. And so when he started to talk, I respected what he was saying. And so he goes, you got to do this. So we're sitting there having dinner and I'm like, I got a what? No, 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 no. You got to do this. I mean, you have to go to Alaska when can you book a flight? So, I mean, he's so motivated about this. I'm like, yeah, when can I book a flight? Right? So, um, so he goes, you, you gotta go, you gotta go do this. This is an adventure. And so that really was that spark. Um, and, and one of the things that he said is he goes, you know, you can't with credibility, write this book from Fort Worth. <laughs> I'm like, what? I can't talk about Alaskan dog mushing from Fort Worth, you know, 100 degrees in the summer in Fort Worth, negative 50 in Alaska. And I thought, okay, yeah, probably a little bit of a credibility gap there. And so, uh, so I booked it, found out when the race was running, and, uh, and that next uh, race, uh, February or March of 2008, flew to, uh, up to uh, Alaska and, and decided to jump into the adventure. Nice. Well, you know, that in and of itself is such a lesson in leadership of, you know, you can't do this from Fort Worth. I think that's great. I, you know, thinking some of my experience, we all have a different experience, but I've done a lot of work in the direct sales area on the corporate side, and you have different executives, right, who are in place. Sometimes they have experience being in the field, right? They, right? They've been there and done that, and sometimes they don't. And of course, as you can imagine, the field really respects and really listens to and trusts the person who's been in their shoes before more than they Absolutely. do someone who says, I think I know what it's like to be in your shoes. Exactly. You know, so that's great that you did that. You know, and I think that that translates into to my approach to business and life. Um, I, I don't want to talk about it theoretically. Um, the, the book is an allegory because I wanted to paint some pictures and even that was a little bit of a serendipitous move. Um, working with Tanya and some other folks to help me uh, on the book, um, I actually started frustrating some people because I would start to tell a, a point, a business point, but then I would immediately roll it back into the story. And so, you know, like one of the things is uh, Lance Mackey, one of the most successful mushers of all time, four-peated the race, right? Uh, run one back-to-back four times. Um, his dad, Dick Mackey, was part of the closest race in history. And so what happened is 1,100 miles and Dick Mackey and another musher popped up on Front Street in Nome, about a half mile drag race, neck and neck. Mm. So 1,100 miles, 10 days, and they're neck and neck. Well, 
Nine-year-old Lance Mackey is at the end of the race behind the Burl Arch in this fenced-in area waiting for his dad to finish. Well, his dad is coming down, and so uh, it, it's a mess. Uh, closest finish in history. People lining the streets, and the dogs get kind of distracted and tangled up in the crowd, and the mushers kind of wrangle them back into the street. And so as they're coming up into the shoot, the final shoot, Dick Mackey's lead dogs cross the finish line, but the sled falls over. And I think it's Rick Swenson finishes the race all the way through under the burled arch. Put yourself uh, in that nine-year-old's place where you're sitting there screaming for your dad to get up, right? You can put yourself back to, to nine years old and you're going, Dad, Dad, get up, Dad, get up, Dad. And you're just that little, that little kid just screaming, talking about where did the genesis of your vision to run the race start? I think for Lance Mackey, it was that nine-year-old yelling for Dad to get up, right? So as I started telling stories like that, I think my, the, those that helped me with the, with the writing, Tanya included, were like, you know what, why don't you just make this an allegory? Because I can't get you to stop telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> and it paid off. <laughs> Definitely was my first allegory. <laughs> so Chris, let's jump into some of the practical tips. The, the book starts off with... Uh, the journey chapter talking about the journey the adventure and obviously applying that to business and life and everything that you do one of the quotes that you have in there or at least the, the one of the principles is adventure starts with deciding to put ourselves in a place where they can occur and i love that quote um bring that to elaborate on that a little bit sure um you know i think that the first step there's no easy way into leadership i think you learn on the go more and better and deeper than you learn in theory. So even me studying the Iditarod, the, the concepts were, uh, were, were informative, they were, they, were, um, they were enticing, but when I was on the trail, when you're in negative 50 degrees, mm -hmm. it, it becomes real. So how do we make it a reality? Well, the first thing that we have to do is when, when I'm on that flight to Anchorage and then up to Kotzebue and then into Nome, it's real. Mm -hmm. And although I was exhausted from four days back to back to back of, of teaching leadership, once you step off that plane onto that snow-covered runway, guess what? It's on. And you're there. And so one of the first things that you can do is to put yourself into places. You know, for, uh, let me just um, uh, bring it real. I had a, had a young lady that was... Um, was saying, I'm in the catch-22. I'm in the catch-22 of leadership because here's the deal. They won't promote me to management because they, don't, they say I don't have any management experience. But how am I supposed to get management experience if you won't put me into a managerial role? Mm -hmm. And I said, you need to volunteer. She goes, what do you mean I need to volunteer? I said, there are a tremendous, probably a thousand nonprofits that would love for you to lead a team on nights and weekends to help them get something accomplished. So if your organization, you may have an MBA, but you're not going to get promoted without that leadership experience or who's going to take a chance on you. So you've got to find ways somewhere along the way, you have to gain that leadership experience and then start to build that into your resume. Let a team of five on this nonprofit. And, and I actually got that wisdom from John as well. John's been such a mentor in my life. One of the things that he had said, I mean, back in the 90s, good grief, was 
Um, have your people lead a team of volunteers. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. People that work for you need the check. Right. So they may be courteous and they may follow you because they need the check. But volunteers don't have to follow you. They can leave at any point. So when you start to sharpen your skills on people that don't have to follow you, then you start to build that experience and you get that sweat in the game and, and all of that stuff becomes this, then, um, this pool of data, if you will, this experience. So if you don't have that, that adventure, you gotta get off the couch, you gotta get in the game. Stop blaming everybody else for not giving you a chance and go take the chance by volunteering somewhere, somehow there is a way to get in the game. Right. So let me ask you this. Do you think, I think everyone listening probably is eager to live this life of adventure, you know, whatever that means, right? I think we're all looking for that. So do you think most people are, the adventure is lacking and they need to go find it? Or do you think the adventure is present and they just don't recognize it? Um, adventure is right next to you. So there is, there is an adventure waiting to happen right out your front door. You know, the, the key piece is this. You've got to get out of the lazy boy. They call it a lazy boy for a reason, right? Um, so <laughs> you've got to get out of the lazy boy and you've got to walk out that front door and you've got to go looking for adventure. Um, you know, the, I, I, I just can't stand sitting there watching adventure on TV. I mean, you're sitting there watching Bear Grylls. I mean, one of the first things I'm like, hey, does Bear Grylls have a cell phone? Can I get a hold of Bear? Hey, can, how can I? I want to be in the game. You know, like the old song with when we grew up, you know, put me in coach. Yeah. Man, that's just, that's, that's part of me. Put me in coach. How do I get into this and, and how do I experience it instead of witness it? Hmm. That is a good one. I like that. Yeah. That's strong. Well, and knowing that adventure is all around you, and I think a lot of times we want it, we recognize that, um, but we expect it to happen to us versus, like you said, it's all around us. All I have to do is pursue, and and a lot of times just barely reach out. I mean, it's not even a hard reach, right? It's just, it's there. Take it. But it is up to us. There's a proactive uh, nature to that. I was just talking to leaders in uh, Singapore about this for a particular group. Um, because the, the, the employee base essentially was waiting for leaders to tap them on the shoulder and say, congratulations, you're a part of the mentoring program. You will be a leader in the future and we will. So they were waiting for selection instead of selecting themselves mm. and seeing an opportunity and volunteering for the opportunity. So one of the first components of leadership is leadership is ownership. Leadership is responsibility. And if you don't see a need and fulfill it, you're not a leader. So leaders see needs and they move towards the meeting of that need right away. And so one of the things that we were just encouraging them is leadership is there for the taking. Are you waiting? Are you passive or are you active? And the worst thing in the world to me is to have passive leaders. I was going to add to that. I think you're so right. And as you said that about volunteering, it occurred to me that my first managerial spot came after kind of a crisis situation in a company I was in when I was younger. And um, the leader of my department at that time was not willing or capable of kind of stepping up and I just did it automatically. Yeah. I did I wasn't trying to overstep anything. It was just we had a crisis and we needed to solve it. And I jumped in and I 
created a plan. Everybody worked together. I worked together as still part of the team, but made it happen. And very shortly after that, I was elevated actually to the leader of that particular department. It just wasn't going to be a fit any longer for the other person. Yeah. Um, and yet it was just that instinct of jumping right in, finding a way to make it happen. Because until that point, I was a little frustrated. I had gone as far as I could go and I wasn't getting anywhere. And that opportunity really created a great, um, time for me to be able to show my stuff. And, um, and I don't, you know, I don't know that I would have found that volunteer opportunity otherwise, or had that mentality, but I had a situation that allowed me to do it. So you're so right. To find a way to be seen. I even I even go this simple, right? You're in the meeting. You're a junior person in the meeting, and you don't feel like you have any... Volunteer to take notes. Mm-hmm. Take the minutes of the meeting, organize, and then disseminate the information, right? If you're the conduit that the information comes through, if you take copious notes and you start to lead, just from that, that small chair in the corner of the room, then everybody's coming to you for the information and all of a sudden you're elevated to a point of connectivity. Why? Because you have chosen to gain proximity, visibility, and responsibility. That's great. And it, I think it's, it's funny, you know, we sit here and we talk through this. I think if you, were to talk, if you were to talk to most leaders, they would probably have a similar story of, I just took the ball and ran with mm-hmm. it. Okay. Flip that around. For those of us who have had to delegate leadership to others, it is extremely easy to do when it's that person that's been taking notes or when it's been that person that has obviously shown uh, that they don't need permission, right? I think it's a permission. People waiting on permission is one of the most dangerous things, I think, that's holding people back. And, uh, and, and it falls right in line with what you're saying here and living that life and having that leadership filled with adventure. I think one of the main characteristics a leader needs to have, and I talk all the time about characteristics and competencies, I think one of the main characteristics that a leader has to have is initiative. Mm-hmm. If you're not taking initiative, you're not leading. Mm-hmm. So let's build off of that. We've, got, we've talked a little bit about the adventure of leadership, what you need to do to get started, be proactive, volunteer. Uh, talking about initiative, another quote in the book. I'm actually going to pull the book up here. I want to read this. Uh, one of your checkpoints is that leaders and mushers who are satisfied with the status quo will rarely leave the comfort of the lodge. All right, so let's take that concept and push it a little bit further, piggyback off of what we've already talked about here. Well, you know, there's a fear, and the fear is a fear of failure. And when I fear failure or I fear sort of getting dirty or or messing up or, or looking like an idiot, I'll never get off the couch. I'll never leave the lodge. Why? I don't want the feelings of failure. And so one of the interesting pieces is, so I, I go up to, to, to Nome and I, I, I sit in the, um, uh, uh, well, the, let, me, let me say it this way. I, I get to the place with Nils and Deanna and we're gonna mush and Nils says, okay, Fuller, um, I want you to sit in the sled. And I'm going, what? No, no, I need you to sit in the sled. I'm going, no, 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 I came here to mush. I came here to lead. I came here to, you know, I'm manly. I'm, you know, and he goes, no, look, these dogs are worth a lot of money. Um, the lead dogs can cost up to $50,000 each. Oh, wow. Well, you had 16 dogs on a team. Yeah. You have some, some pennies. Plus, I was going to mush Deanna's dogs. 
okay? So let me ask you a question. If I'm taking care of your wife's precious possessions, are you going to trust me with those until you trust me? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. And it's not a good marital <laughs> exactly. decision, right? Yes. Uh, so, so he goes, sit in the sled. Well, so I'm sitting in the sled, and Deanna comes over and goes, well, I don't think you really got the right hat. So she puts a hat on with little ear things on and then ties it under my chin. And I'm thinking, all I need now is uh, you know, milk and cookies, and, uh, and I'm feeling like a toddler. And so uh, from, from that particular piece, right, I, was, I, I felt like an idiot. But rarely does greatness start great. Hmm. And I, I love uh, the saying, <laughs> start ugly. Because if you're not willing to start ugly, you're probably never going to start. You know, there, there's, there's no way. Even John talks about, he said, do you think I was a good author the first time I started writing a book? He said, let me help you. My mom didn't even finish my first book. <laughs> <laughs> Anything worth doing is worth doing ugly. And you've got to leave the couch, leave the comfort. And so, you know, I could talk a whole day about this. Let me wrap it up into one, one little, another little saying. Put failure into perspective. Failure isn't failure. Failure is learning. And if you're not failing, you're not learning. Don't worry about the failure. Learn, grow, make it pretty next time. Wow. Well, hopefully all of you listening today have gotten a lot out of that. You know, uh, what I love about these conversations is that so much of it is not planned. It is simply coming, and that's a good thing. I mean, there's so many great nuggets as you talk about and speak from your passions and your experiences, and I think that that's great. So thank you for joining us today. Hopefully uh, the real keys here are look for the adventure that's right next to you. Yeah, that, that, to me, that'd be an immediate takeaway. Hey, what's in front of you? What can you volunteer for? So if you're sitting back, why are you sitting back? There's something right near you. Life is an adventure. Please get off that couch. Please jump in the game. We need leaders. We need leaders like you at every level to own it. Please don't wait. Look for the initiative and take it. We believe around this table you can do it, and that's really why we're in what we're doing is just to encourage and inspire you. Go reach for greatness. It's right there to be had. Excellent. Well, thanks to each and every one of you for joining us today on the Influence Leadership Podcast. Take a moment to rate the show. It certainly means the world to us, and it helps it also show up for others who could use this information and get value out of it, just like you are. Uh, Tanya, Chris, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks again for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, certainly some great takeaways. First off, kind of the story behind Iditarod Leadership, and in future episodes, we'll be digging into uh, some individual principles from that book. Uh, also, some great takeaways on what you can do right now proactively uh, to kind of take hold of the adventure that's facing you as a leader. Adventure is all around us, as Chris talked about, and so make sure you're looking for yours, identify that, and then go for it. Take the bull by the horns. Uh, if you have other questions or if you want to contact us, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that uh, through influenceleadership.com. Uh, you will find our contact information there, info at influenceleadership.com. Feel free to email us. We would love that. Connect with us on social media. There's also a lot of great resources on there. Videos of Chris, uh, some more information about his books and his keynote presentations. So definitely take a look at that. And of course, if having Chris come in and speak to your organization 
um, sounds like something that you need to do, we'd love to help you with that. And there's information on how to do that right there on the website. So go to influenceleadership.com. And also, we would love for you to rate the podcast. So if you listen to this, uh, definitely rate it on iTunes or whatever you're listening to there. That uh, not only helps us know that we're doing something that's helpful to you, um, but also it helps uh, expose it to more people as you do that. So we would certainly appreciate you rating that. So until next time, this is the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller.